to the Practical Prophetic, where prophetic ministry is made practical. I'm Beth Wingate, I'm your host, and welcome to the podcast. On our podcast today, we are going to talk about a Hebrew word for prophet in your Bible or for prophecy or prophesying. And it's connected to our root word, Naba, that we've been talking about. It's an expanded definition. And it's the word Nabi, N-A-B-I. And it talks about prophecy. And this is an Elijah echo. In our Bible study, we've been studying about Elijah. And so this was so good, I had to share it with the podcast audience. I really want to expand and challenge people's definitions on the prophetic and what the prophetic is and maybe what it is not. And so maybe clear up some misunderstandings that we have. I think most of us have this idea that prophecy is a a little old lady in a bun or an older gentleman, and they say a proclamation, maybe like, thus saith the Lord, and then they go on to give some kind of a prophetic declaration. Or maybe you think it's someone on television who is telling us about the end times, you know, and they tell us about fallen angels and apocalyptic calamities and earthquakes and famine and and the Antichrist and the mark of the beast and all of these things. While those are true, they are not the entire definition of prophecy. And those are not typically how prophecy applies to us on a practical everyday level. So let me break this down and and let's dive into this word study on the word Nabi. And I want to go all the way down to the Paleo Ancient Hebrew. I love Paleo Hebrew because it gives us word pictures. And I'm such a visual learner. And I love to go all the way to the basics in study. So this word prophecy in your Bible, uh, it can be confusing to people. And that's why I always go to the most basic root definition. Now, let me stop and explain Hebrew word wills and how Hebrew language works. It's a little different from our language, and I will just spend a minute on this. Uh, You have root words, and you can add on to the root word in Hebrew to get an expanded definition, but you cannot take away from the root word. That word is still connected to the definition of whatever it is you're talking about. And so the root word for Nabi or Nebuah or these other words we've talked about in Hebrew is Naba, Strong's H5012, which basically means to just be inspired of the Holy Spirit. Now, what do I mean by that? That's what this whole podcast is built around, is that uh, that's supernatural communication that the Holy Spirit gives you typically through your five senses. And dreams are an extension of your five senses because you both hear often and see and maybe occasionally feel in your dreams. And so that's how the Holy Spirit communicates with us. So when you're studying your Bible, for example, and maybe you get to a passage that you just quite don't understand. My mom has told this story before that she was reading the passage that says, there'll be some of you standing here today that shall not taste death until you see the Son of Man coming in glory. And she said, she was like, Lord, I don't understand what that means. So she stopped and prayed about it. She had a conversation, communion with the Lord. Communion means to communicate. And so she communicated with the Holy Spirit. Lord, I don't understand what that means. And so she felt like that uh, she was supposed to read it again. So she does that a few times. And then she said, as as if the Lord 
had come beside her, put his arm around her, and just gently in her spirit, not audibly in her spirit, said for her to read it again. And so she said she did this several times, almost to the point of just complete redundancy. But she said the Holy Spirit did something amazing. He he was so patient with her, and he just guided her through that scripture, having her to emphasize a word each time she read it. You know, I'll, I see you standing here today, some of you, and then and then you know shall not taste, and then you know, emphasizing each word as she went along. And by the time she got to the end, she said it's as if information from heaven was supernaturally deposited into her mind, and it was one word. It was the word. Pentecost. And so for her, that cleared up that scripture and gave her a better understanding. And then she was able to go and search out commentaries and thought, hey, that's the correct, you know, the correct interpretation of that scripture. So prophecy basically is inspired communication from the Holy Spirit. That's it. It's that simple. You know, it's not, we've said this on here many times, but it's really worth repeating. It's not information you got from a book or from a friend or from this person or that person. You only got this information from the Holy Spirit. We serve a living God who speaks to us, who communicates with us. And so that's that's really what this word today that I want to dig into is all about. This word, Nabi, is so powerful. The word Nabi is used 316 times in the Old Testament alone to describe a prophet. Uh, this, this word is used, uh, for example, in Genesis 20, when God describes Moses as a prophet. In Exodus 7, uh, verse 1, when uh, the Lord says that Aaron will be a prophet, and then Samuel, and it's just used uh, basically as a, as a general word to describe the prophets from here forward. Let me also read to you Second Peter 1, verses 20 through 21. But know this, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture is a matter of one's own interpretation, for no prophecy was ever made by an act of human will, but men moved by the Holy Spirit spoken from God. So I want to drive home the point here, too, that prophecy is very simple. Uh, one way you can discern and know who is a true prophet is by two pieces of criteria. Uh, and that's very simple. It is number one, that he is a mouthpiece of God. Very simple. A prophet is always a spokesman for God. And then number two, the prophet typically has one overarching theme in his message, and his message is simple. It is that of teshuvah, which means to repent and to return, to repent and to turn, return to God. And so very simple message is always at the essence of the prophet. Now, God may use him to pronounce judgment, and we'll talk about that in a minute. And, And God may use him for future predictions or to anoint a king or things like that. But his his essence of his message is always repentance. And so we have to keep that in the forefront as we go forward. A prophet we often think is a foreteller, one who gives future predictions. And while that can be one aspect of the prophet, he's actually rather a fourth teller. Now, let me break that down. I want to do a deep dive on this word, nabi. It's, uh, I've got my papers here. Nabi in the Hebrew is Strong's H5030. And it basically means to bubble up and to bubble forth 
And then we tie that to the root word naba, which means inspired of the Holy Spirit. So it means one who who bubbles up under inspiration of the Holy Spirit to speak the words of God that God has communicated to them. I love that. And you know, I believe that there are people who stand in the office of a prophet. We did a whole podcast on the word nebuah, which is those who are in the office of a prophet like Elijah. But then uh, Paul says that he would that we all prophesy. So we can be little p uh, prophetic people who are people who actually hear from the Lord. Now, there are rules to that. We did a whole episode on uh, basically guidelines for the prophetic. It must line up with the word of God. You know, if you're not in the office of a prophet and you're not in a position of authority over someone, it should be a generally encouraging word that lines up with God's word. Those are ways that we all can be uh, little p prophetic. So let's get into this word, Nabi. I have got here a Hebrew word study that I want to share with you. I'm wrestling my papers here. Uh, So we talked about these Hebrew word wills, and we know that uh, Nabi is an extended definition of Naba. So we know that Naba means to be inspired, and Nabi means to bubble forth uh, and speak. And so when we break that down, into a word study using the Paleo-Hebrew. So let me explain that. Much like Egyptian hieroglyphics, ancient Hebrew, all of the uh, letters of their alphabet made word pictures. And, and they also had numerical values. And so they're, they're very, it's a very layered language. But uh, their, their root words are basically made up of two or three, sometimes four Hebrew alphabet letters. And they're very short words because they're root words. So uh, Nabi here, if we take the Paleo-Hebrew, it's just uh, three uh, Hebrew letters. It's the word Nun, Bet, and Aleph. So so you hear the N in there for Nabi, uh, Bet, and then Aleph. Uh, So it makes up the word Nabi in the Hebrew. So the word Nun is very interesting, and it means a seed, and it can also mean a word. And so we know there's a whole lesson just right there in that, that the Bible says, uh, God is not mocked for whatsoever a man soweth, that will, shall he also reap. Well, I believe that includes our words. Our words are like seeds, and they're either speaking life, fruitfulness, or they're speaking weeds that'll choke out the fruit. It's very simple. And so there's a lesson embedded just right there. I've told this before, too, that a neighbor of mine gave me a little postcard. And on it, it said, every time we open our mouth, we're prophesying our future. And so I cannot stress enough the importance of speaking life. The Bible says that the power of life and death is in the tongue. And so we have to choose to speak life. Just by doing that, we are being little p prophetic just by speaking life. And so that's so powerful. We really can't neglect that. Uh, So the next two letters of the word nabi, so you have noon, the seed, that's for the letter N, and it means word. And then you have bet, and bet means house, like Bet means house, like Bethlehem, which means house of bread. And so Bet is house. And then Aleph is like their letter A. It's the first letter of the alphabet, and it looks like the symbol of an ox's head. And it means the head 
or the leader. In fact, it means the strong leader. And it's usually typical of like a father or leader of the house. So this word nabi means Uh, It means to bring the word from the father's house. In fact, if you put bet and aleph together, it makes up the Hebrew word to come or to bring. So it means to bring a word of God from heaven. Just the word nabi alone means that. To not just be uh, what people think is a foreteller but really to be a forth teller, a mouthpiece of God. We know that when Moses took the children of Israel out of Egypt into the wilderness and he went up on Mount Sinai, that he came down and his face was shining. And the people were very afraid. They just really didn't know what to do with that. And they said, oh, Moses, put a veil on your face. Uh, This is too much for us. and, And we're afraid of God. And so we want you to be the spokesman on behalf of the people. And so that really set into to course uh, God using prophets to talk to his people. Now, we know that the Hebrew rabbis say that there are three crowns of government, and scholars teach this about the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, there were three crowns of government. There was the king, there was the priesthood, and there was the prophet. And they were the checks and balances on government. Uh, Just like today, we are living a secular society where we have separation of church and state, but we have a a president, we have a Congress and Senate, you know, that that make up that branch of of government, the, the congressional branch of government, and then we have a Supreme Court. That interprets the law. And so uh, their their system was not so different. And so the prophet served a vital function. And he often did talk to kings. I know some people, I know some people are uncomfortable with uh, people in the prophetic community, especially those in the office of a prophet talking about politics a lot. But the prophet was a check and balance on leadership and God would use him to talk to the king when the king had broken covenant with the Lord. And so if you want to go back and listen to Deuteronomistic theology, uh, God's judgment was uh, typically brought because the king broke covenant with the Lord. And then the prophet was there to announce uh, the penalty that the king had already agreed to. So some people get the idea of judgment a little confused, but I don't want to get too far off that rabbit trail. I want to stick to the word nabi. The word Nabi, uh, Strong's H5030, means a prophet. It means an inspired man. It means to bubble up. And it says that a prophet defines someone who gives declarations from God. He's a mouthpiece of God. These men and women did not exist for their own glory, but for the glory of God. And we know that uh, this, these prophets would bubble forth like a fountain Just God would just sort of, for lack of a better word, he would download to them his words and they would just bubble forth and speak inspired of the Holy Spirit, what God wanted to say to his people. And we know that a prophet is that that speaks on behalf of the Lord. So powerful, so simple, and sometimes we make it so complicated when it's really pretty basic. So how can we apply this practically for our everyday life. Well, one thing, let me give us some scriptures for that. So 1 Corinthians 14, 31 says, for you can all prophesy one by one that all may learn and may be encouraged. That's a general form of prophecy. Ephesians 4, 11 and 12 says he gave some to be apostles, 
prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the equipping of the saints and for the working of the ministry and for the edifying of the body of Christ. If you're if you're a regular believer and you are little p prophetic, then you are here to encourage and to equip the church. That's the job is ma- mainly prophetic encouragement. I, prophetic evangelism is another example. Uh, those I think we've covered pretty extensively, but that's that's something I believe all believers are called to do is this edify and encourage prophetically inspired by the Holy Spirit, operating in that Nabi and and letting the Lord speak through you as if it bubbles up from out of your spirit. Uh, You know, and an example of that, let me give you some practical examples. Maybe you're just going about your day, maybe you're at work, driving in your car, whatever, and uh, the Lord keeps putting somebody on your mind. You know, we'll just say uh, person X <laughs> and person X is on your mind. And, and so you kind of move on. Well, after about the third time, maybe that gets your attention. And so you pray for that person. And then maybe you feel that the Lord is in, uh, prompting you to reach out to that person. And so maybe you call that person and say, hey, the Lord really just keeps put, putting you on my mind. Is everything OK? Well, come to find out. You know, the way this will typically work is that person X may be going through something and the Holy Spirit is the one that puts you on their mind. We've given lots of stories and examples in here. Uh, There was one lady that uh, my mom had had a car wreck. And at the very moment she had had a car wreck, uh, our music minister's wife said, you know, you had been on my mind all day. And so uh, during my quiet time, I started praying for you. And it was about, you know, three o'clock, which was when she had her wreck. And she's like, I know now that God put you on my heart for a reason to pray for your protection. That's prophetic. That is something all of us can do. We don't have to be in the office of a prophet to operate in that level of prophecy. And so let me give us this little breakdown. This is a little thing that I found online in my study. Uh, The gift of prophecy as opposed to the office of prophecy. Uh, When you are operating in the gift of prophecy, it is a gift from the Holy Spirit. And sometimes we have not because we ask not. I believe that every believer should be encouraged to prophesy. Paul basically tells us that in the New Testament. It is for the edification, exhortation, and comfort of fellow believers. I really do believe that. Uh, Prophetic utterance is a gift, and uh, it says that they are defined by doing the work of the ministry, and it is a gift for life. The gifts are without reproach. So I really believe that some of us, you can develop through prayer, through observation, through Bible study, a sensitivity to be able to hear from the Holy Spirit. You know, if we're busy, if we've got a lot of chaos in our life, maybe we don't hear those promptings or maybe we don't pay attention to them. But when you're sensitive, when you're asking the Lord to use you, then get yourself ready because he's going to use you and he'll begin to put people on your mind. He'll begin to bring people to your remembrance in your prayer time. He will prompt you to do things. I always say the most basic, wonderful exercise that you can do is to get you a little gift card, maybe for some coffee or whatever, uh, you know, a little fast food gift card. Uh, Chick-fil-A is a good one. And uh, put you a little $10 Chick-fil-A gift card in an envelope with a scripture, write out the scripture, and then carry that around with you and ask the Lord who you should give that scripture to. And I promise you, 
If you do that, then the Holy Spirit will prompt you at the right time in the right place for the right person to give that, and it will be a blessing to that person. It will be a right now word from God at the right time for the right person. And so I want to be used of the Lord every day. I want the Lord to use me as I go about my life. I I want to uh, not just be a consumer when I go to church, but I want to be someone that the Lord can work through, not only in church, but in the world and, and wherever I'm at. And so that's what I'm really talking about here. I believe that just like Elijah, God can speak through us today, just like he did through the prophets of old. He could speak through us today, maybe not in the office of a prophet where you have a national platform, but to be able to speak out encouragement and edification to other believers, then God can absolutely use you in the prophetic today. And so we know that Elijah was having this experience with the Lord, and Jezebel and Ahab at the same time are plotting to have Naboth killed. And when they had Naboth killed, God sent the prophet to come into the land and to rectify the situation. And so as the chaos in the world ramps up, as the enemy seems to scheme and plot, you can rest assured that God will begin to move his prophets on our behalf. And so I just wanted to tie this to Elijah because he's sort of the ultimate, uh, him and Moses are the ultimate examples of the prophets. And of course, Jesus being the chief of them. But uh, I, I just wanted to use that as an example that the Lord wants to speak through his people and that I, I want to raise my hand and say, Lord, let me be someone you can speak through in my sphere to be able to speak to people in my everyday life so that I can speak your words of encouragement, of affirmation, of, of, of love to people. I believe God wants to use us and you cannot get more practically prophetic as being like a little miniature Elijah in your own sphere, speaking on behalf of God as a mouthpiece of God. And remember, the message is simple. It's always teshuvah, which just which basically just means to repent and return to the Lord. It's always turning us to Jesus. And so it's a very simple message that we carry, and it's a very simple directive, and it's to just be a mouthpiece of God everywhere you go and everything that you do. And one of the best ways we can do that is just to show the love of Christ as we go about our day. I hope this blesses and, enc- and encourages you today. Have a blessed day. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Please be sure to hit the subscribe button so you'll be informed next time I post. Thank you again and have a blessed day.